Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast Zooming with Shookman and Stakeholders. My name is Abe Shookman, and I'm the CEO of Housing Unlimited. For this podcast, I talk with key Montgomery County stakeholders in the affordable housing and mental health communities. My guest today is Amanda Harris. Amanda, for the past six years, has served as the Chief of Services to End and Prevent Homelessness for the Montgomery County Department of Health and Human Services. Prior to joining Montgomery County, Amanda served for over five years as the Chief Operating Officer for Pathways to Housing DC. Uh, let's see, Amanda has a master's degree in social work from the University of Michigan and a master of public policy and philosophy from George Washington. Uh, under Amanda's leadership, Montgomery County has taken significant steps to reduce homelessness in Montgomery County. Amanda, welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. Wow. Great to be here. Wow, six years here in the county as the chief of services to end and prevent homelessness. That is a huge accomplishment. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, speaking of accomplishments, um, could you share a little bit with folks about what are some of your proudest moments in terms of your tenure here in the county? Uh, I know you've accomplished a lot. That's great. Uh, that's a big question. Uh, I'm proud of many little things and also many big things. Uh, I think one thing that definitely rises to the top is uh, beginning in 2017, uh, we launched the Inside Not Outside initiative. Uh, and this initiative was specifically targeted to folks that were uh, met the definition of chronic homelessness. So chronic homelessness is long-term homelessness for people with disabilities. Uh, so kind of what you would think of uh, about the folks that you might see sleeping outside, uh, often with uh, significant mental health issues, uh, maybe some substance use issues, definitely a lot of chronic medical conditions. Uh, this is a population that is uh, growing across the country, uh, while we've made strides nationally in some other subpopulations like veterans and families, uh, chronic homelessness uh, in many parts of the country is on the rise. Uh, but through this Inside Not Outside initiative here in Montgomery County, we came very, very close uh, to effectively ending chronic homelessness. Uh, we house more than 430 uh, individuals uh, through this initiative. And um, what I find the what made it so effective was that everyone in the community was rallying around this one goal and this one objective. Uh, it was not led by Seth. Uh, it was not led by uh, the county council. It really um, was something that uh, all stakeholders uh, were buying into, and that includes uh, partners like Housing Unlimited, uh, our affordable housing providers, our housing authority, uh, HOC, our, of course, our homeless service providers, uh, and many, many others. Um, those in the behavioral health system, uh, also our partners in healthcare, we really all came together to make this work because we needed to not just provide the housing, but also those intensive support services. 
So here in Montgomery County, we operate from a housing first philosophy um, that we are really trying to eliminate barriers to entry uh, and that um, housing does not come with any preconditions, uh, that we, we're meeting people where they're at and we're rapidly connecting to them to, uh, to permanent housing. Uh, but it's it's housing first, not housing only. So that that service component is incredibly important. Uh, so so I'm very happy about that and proud of that. Well, that's amazing. Um, you said over 400 folks who were struggling with chronic homelessness, and um, that is that is. Uh, a really, really big accomplishment because it, it's such a challenge to to work with folks, many of whom, as you're saying, are 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 struggling, struggling with their physical health, struggling with their mental health, uh, may not have had um, spent a whole lot of time uh, anywhere except on the streets, and um, and you have to win folks' trust sometimes. Um, so how did you win people's trust? How did you uh, without coercion, uh, but through a voluntary approach, um, make such outstanding strides? Mm -hmm. Great question. Uh, in many different ways. Uh, so I will say for the majority of people, uh, what they want is a place to live. Uh, so we gain trust by listening to people uh, and supporting them in whatever they are saying that their goals are. Uh, so uh, we do housing first because that's what people want. If someone came to us and said, you know what, I'm not ready to live independently. I really feel like I need a more structured environment or I want to go into treatment. We would, we would push for that and we would help get them connected. But majority of people, they want, they want a place of their own. They want a place to call home. Uh, and so by doing that, without those preconditions, we kind of instantly gain trust. That's true for the majority, uh, but there are certainly a subset of, of individuals um, that are very disconnected and disengaged uh, and have lots of trauma, uh, probably had trauma before becoming homeless that has only been exacerbated by sometimes decades on the street. Um, and build up uh, defense mechanisms. Uh, that includes um, wearing lots of clothing, uh, refusing to talk to people, maybe sometimes being aggressive and yelling at folks, other times not saying anything and completely uh, clamming up. And so that's a little harder uh, to crack in and, and establish that relationship. And really what that takes is time and consistency. Uh, so we have a robust network of street outreach workers. And that was one of the first things I actually uh, pushed for when I joined Montgomery County. And we had about four FTEs or four full-time equivalents that were providing street outreach for a county of over a million that has a very large geographic region. Uh, so we're now up to about 16 uh, outreach workers. That's excellent. So, yeah, huge, huge increase. And then just that that constant um, awareness and, and, and discussion about people. So we would go through our list every week as a community yeah. and review the names and the people yeah. and their stories and figure out 
what's working, what's not. Has anyone been able to establish any kind of relationship? Uh, and then uh, just building off of that. Uh, so one woman in particular, one of um, my favorite stories, it actually took us, it took us four years uh, oh, wow. of, of outreach to convince her to, to come inside. And that was largely because she was having some health issues. Uh, and so we started sending out our health care for the homeless nurse, not to talk about housing. She didn't want to talk about housing, but she wanted to talk about her feet hurt. She had like sores on her skin and she uh, wanted to do something about uh, that. So through that relationship with the nurse, we were able to get her in to see a doctor. And then through um, her relationship with her primary care, they were able to talk about the benefits of having a place of your own. You can put uh, your feet up so they're elevated you can you can relax you have access to a shower all these things and uh, that's, that's what sealed it. so yeah. earning really earning her trust um meeting her where she was at and her stated immediate need was her health her feet and so forth and you did that well and um she began to trust and uh, that led to the next step. And four years later, that just shows you how how persistent and how hard you have to work. Uh, four years later, um, she coming to agree to to move into housing. Uh, that's awesome. You mentioned earlier that housing is not sufficient um, for this community. And um, and you and your team work very hard to embrace the person with a variety of, of support offerings. If you could talk a little bit about what that looks like, how that plays out. Sure, sure. Uh, so specifically for the chronic, uh, those that uh, meet the definition of chronic homelessness, uh, the services are all voluntary, um, but we do try and bring as many services as we can to the person. So again, it's this whole idea of removing those barriers. Uh, these are individuals that are probably not gonna make uh, an appointment in an office to see a therapist. That's, that's not a priority for them, but that doesn't mean that they wouldn't be willing to talk to a psychiatrist if they came to their home. Uh, and so really being creative about how we present the services and then how we can bring those services to, to the folks that we serve. Mm. Um, and I see the other piece of this in, in regards to homelessness is not all, not everyone is chronically homeless. Uh, there's mm. a, really only makes up a small subset of the populations. It's about 25% of people experiencing homelessness are chronically homeless. Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of other folks that need some level of services. And so um, through our coordinated assessment and housing placement system called the coordinated entry system, um, we are able to identify through assessment what's the right level of service that a person needs uh, and then connect them to that to that resource, uh, mm. which is where Mind Unlimited comes in. Uh, we have been working closely with you all uh, for those individuals that have some service needs, uh, but are, are not requiring that very high intensity um, wraparound support services in the home, but still do need some some supports. Uh, so it's a it's a um, 
it's a really valuable asset to the to the community and also the idea of shared housing. Mm -hmm. uh, Many, particularly uh, we found for women that they uh, they appreciate the uh -huh. community and the bonds that they uh, gain when they're in a, in a women's shelter. And so wanting to kind of have an opportunity to recreate that in other places, that's more permanent. Uh, so that's great it's another limited. I appreciate that. And, and for our audience um, who may not know, um, we uh, have been really, uh, it's really been a privilege to partner with the county for now 28 years, uh, Housing Unlimited um, uh, purchases homes throughout the county, mostly two bedroom and three bedroom uh, condos and townhomes. And as Amanda explained, it's shared housing. Each person has their own private bedroom and shares in the common areas. And it's a fully furnished home and we are just about uh, to purchase our 85th home. Uh, our current 84 homes serve 230 people and, um, and about four out of every 10 new tenants are coming to us from uh, Montgomery County homeless shelters. Um, and uh, we focus on the housing and other wonderful nonprofits provide desired support services and we really work hard to place homes uh, in in uh, nice communities near public transportation, shopping opportunities, employment, and and support services. And it really has been a, a pleasure to work with the staff um, of Health and Human Services, the staff of the various homeless shelters, as we work to make it work for our folks coming into housing. Um, so we really appreciate that. And uh, we look forward to expanding that relationship as we, in the next three months, hope to acquire an additional six homes. So we're really working hard at that. Um, we've talked about um, that 25% uh, of chronic homelessness. Can you talk a little bit, little bit about the other subpopulations and your work with that group or those groups? Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, so, as I mentioned before, we use a we use a common assessment tool that helps us identify the the level of services that people need in the right in the right housing intervention. Uh, and so, we have the very high intensity services, um, intermediate, uh, and then minimal supports is sort of the way we look at it. And the folks that are in that intermediate support level, uh, the intervention that we're using primarily there is called rapid rehousing. And rapid rehousing is a medium term housing subsidy and support services um, and with the primary goal of stabilizing individuals, helping them find employment, helping them gain uh, income from other means if they need to apply for disability, et cetera. Uh, and then bringing in whatever community support services that they need. So we're not going to be there forever. And so we want to make sure that we're connecting people with uh, therapy, with a psychiatrist, with primary care, whatever it is that they need to be able to sustain their housing. Uh, and so uh, that's the work of rapid rehousing. And that's really for those folks that need, need a little bit uh, and they're probably going to a little bit moving forward, but that doesn't need to be provided by the uh, by the homeless services. Um, okay. 
Also have, uh, then we also had that category of like minimal support. Uh, it used to be called self-resolve. People don't self-resolve from homelessness. If they could self-resolve, they wouldn't be in a shelter. So that's that was a misnomer. So we now talk about minimal supports. Uh, and that's really for folks that maybe their first time experiencing homelessness. Uh, we certainly saw a rise in the in that um, category or the, that level of need during the pandemic. Uh, there are a lot of people, uh, individuals and families that were living on the edge before, paycheck to paycheck, and maybe contracted COVID. Uh, they were working in a restaurant, it got shut down, all these reasons. They didn't have savings. They didn't have, there was no safety net. Uh, so they found themselves uh, in, in the homeless system. And so our intervention there was, how do we quickly get you back to where you need to be? We don't want you staying in shelter. Um, this is not an issue where you need, you don't need therapy. That's, wow. that's not the issue, money. Uh, you really need money. So uh, for those individuals, uh, we can provide a six month housing subsidy okay. uh, with very light touch case management, just trying to get people connected uh, largely to employment. Um, and then we also implemented a new program uh, that's called the Exit Bonus Program. Oh. Uh, so this is pretty innovative, uh, okay. uh, dabbling into guaranteed income. Uh, so uh, in this program, we provided um, a direct cash benefit uh, to oh. help people resolve their business. We didn't care how they resolved it. As long as they had a plan, they were eligible to receive the assistance. Oh. Uh, and so... That has been, and it was a large lump sum. Um, oh. And that's been pretty successful. Our, uh, the, the percent of people that are returning to homelessness from that program is around 20, 25%. Oh. Uh, so that's pretty good. Yeah, um, so three out of four are, yeah. uh, are yeah. really uh, doing well in this new program. Uh, that's yeah. really neat. Yeah. That's yeah. excellent. You alluded to um, challenges uh, uh, during the pandemic in terms of an increasing numbers of folks who uh, absent that uh, financial safety net um, really suffered, including loss of housing. Um, what were some of your other and uh, maybe continuing challenges during the pandemic? So many challenges. Uh, so in the in the beginning, the biggest challenge was just keeping people alive. Uh, wow. That that was that was our focus, uh, and needing to completely change the way we did shelter. Uh, wow. Typically, shelter is cramming a bunch of people into a you know one space, bunk beds. People are they're packed in. They're right. packed in. Uh, and we couldn't do that anymore. So we needed we needed to spread people out to prevent um, uh, COVID running rampant in, in our shelters. So um, we were very lucky uh, that we partnered with the Department of Recreation to utilize the rec centers uh, that were closed because of the pandemic as uh, temporary shelters. Um, I will say that we we may have overstayed our welcome. Uh, none of us in the beginning expected the pandemic to go on for years. Sure. Right? We were assuming it'll be a couple months and we'll be able to move on. 
Uh, but that that didn't happen. Uh, but I'm very glad that we made that move. We also moved um, those that were most at risk, so over 62 or had uh, medical significant medical conditions. We moved them into non-congregate shelters, so we put them in hotel rooms. Um, and so oh, wow. we were actually, yeah, we were able to maintain a, a um, pretty low positivity rate for most of the pandemic, under 2%. And then Omicron wow. hit that kind of right. mess. But um, so that was the, the first challenge. And then I think that the, the, the ongoing challenge that we saw during the pandemic, and we, I think, will continue to see for quite some time, uh, is the lack of housing. Oh. There just is not enough units. Uh, and landlords have gotten pretty creative about uh, how they select uh, tenants. Oh. And, um, Montgomery County does have source of income protection, so a landlord cannot deny someone because they hold a voucher. Oh. Um, but that doesn't mean they can't find other ways. Um, oh. There are during the pandemic, the Housing Justice Act was passed, which um, that limits a landlord's ability to deny people based on their criminal record. Uh, they still can, but it, it's it's limited. Uh, so that hopefully will help, but um, we need more. We right. just need more. So again, I'm very glad that Housing Unlimited is purchased more, more homes because we're, we, there's too much competition uh, and yeah. too much demand. Enormous demand and we have to yeah. make uh, more progress on the supply side. And um, I know mm -hmm. the county is working very hard on that and um, um, Housing Limited and other affordable housing providers um, working really hard to partner uh, with the government to look at creative ways to finance the acquisition and as well as preservation of, of affordable housing units, but we have a lot of a lot of work to do. Um, I want to wrap up by um, getting a sense from you of of what your goals are for the coming uh, year or two. Where do you hope to go from here? Yeah, I'm finally at a place where I can think about goals again. <laughs> For, for the last couple of years, yeah, just been surviving. Uh, sure. So uh, we have said we have said publicly, uh, at least in front of other communities, that we have a goal of ending all homelessness by uh, 2025, the end of 2025. Uh, so that's certainly a goal, and I think in in order to achieve that we need to pull the community back and and be working together again and to to re-energize uh, our stakeholders our partners around some common goals uh, and it might not be it may not be a specific population it might be about we're going to this year we're going to reduce the length of time people experience homelessness so it's less than 30 days that might be what we what we rally around uh -huh. Uh -huh. So in the next coming months we'll be having some stakeholder meetings and uh, getting some feedback but it really is that pulling people together energizing folks uh, and making sure we're all rowing in the same direction and just to give people a sense of the, the scope of this challenge, 
to get to that um, that ending of homelessness, what numbers are we talking about? Is it another um, 800 folks or where do we, what are the numbers on this? That's a complicated question. Uh, so it really is more about how the system functions. Uh, so it's about quickly moving people into permanent housing, reducing right. the number people to enter homelessness for the first time. So there's huge work on the prevention side, um, uh, reducing the returns so people are not returning to homelessness after they're placed in these other housing programs. So it's not, it's hard to put a number on it. Uh, and any, typically in a, annually, we serve between 2,000 and 2,500 households. Okay. Um, I don't have the numbers yet for uh, 2022. Oh. I suspect they're a little higher. We are seeing more people entering. We're housing more people. Oh. So we're more people are coming in. We are getting more people out. Right. But I am worried uh, that oh. the, the number of people coming in is going to exceed the number of people going out. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's the best I could do. No, I understand what you're saying. That that that's very helpful, and and I, I definitely understand your your point about really striving to look at um, steps we as a community can take to uh, to the extent that a person comes in, uh, as you were saying, in less than 30 days, striving to have them um, in stable housing, and 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 that that kind of measure makes a lot of sense because uh, it is a somewhat fluid situation. And uh, particularly uh, with these economically uncertain times, uh, as you're saying, this can impact um, numbers of people and so forth. Well, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate your time. I know how busy you are um, and you wear many hats. Uh, additional hats were added during the pandemic and uh, I'm not sure when you slept. Uh, but uh, again, uh, thank you so much for your time and thank you for your service to the county. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good afternoon, everybody. Thank you.